This week 12 daily fantasy football edition of the Sports Gambling Podcast is presented by MyBookie.ag. Right now, to honor football, MyBookie is offering up to $1,000 in free bets using the promo code SGP. That's right, $1,000 in bonus bets on your first deposit when you use the promo code SGP. Play, win, and get paid at MyBookie.ag. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. You're listening to the Sports Gambling Podcast, exclusively on SGPN. Let it ride. Welcome everyone to the sports gambling podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green with my partner in picks, Ryan, real money Kramer. What's happening. Kramer dog. So much to get to Sean, so much content, so much action, so much activity. We are back from our awesome weekend in uh, Washington state hashtag go Cougs. We'll be breaking that down in amazing detail on the uh, college picks podcast. So stay tuned for that. But now it is uh, we're taping this Monday afternoon, pre Monday night football and uh, you know, daily fantasy football picks. But before we get to that, we have to talk about the miles Garrett situation. We the have miles, to, yeah, I mean, Con- I feel contractually like- obligated to Oh, hot, 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 hot. Hot, 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 hot. Sean, there's hot no place. There's no place napalm, in the game. Napalm <laughs> takes flying from both sides of the issue. We're going to weigh in with our own opinion, but as luck would have it, a uh, writer for the program was actually at the game. He's a Cleveland Browns fan. He was there oh. to witness the melee at first energy bank stadium or something like that. <laughs> Joining us on the line, Matt Tusick. Matt, what's happening? Not too much guys. Happy to be here. Happy to get the truth of the story out there. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. yeah. Wow. First, first of all, uh, sorry, tough, tough luck on the Browns this year. Just get that, get that out of the way. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if you're a big follower of the show, but <laughs> I, I offered the entire world a Super Bowl future. Uh, hey, well look out though. They're right in the mix. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Anyway. Well, well, we lot, have we have really we have important things. A lot to, talk to get about. to. First off, have they come up with a nickname yet, Matt, for the incident? You know, in the Ron Artest thing, we had the malice at the palace, rhymed pretty nice. The problem with the the Brown Stadium, not really <laughs> awesome for rhyming. Have have you heard any sort of names for the incident? You know, I have not yet, but you know, it's typically known as the factory of sadness. So I'm sure there's something along those lines that can be that can be used. Okay, the factory of sadness. We'll workshop something. The factory of sadness turned to the factory of badness when Miles Garrett committed assault (laughs) against Mason Rudolph. Okay, uh, you're there. You're watching the Browns win. That's awesome for you. Even though I bet the Steelers, so I was kind of pissed off. But walk us through it going down where you were sitting and just the the vibe in the stadium. Yes. Yeah, so 
first, you know, the Browns were winning by a lot, so they were already covering the game. But I think it's important to bring up that the second half line was even. So at that point, it was tied. And Freddie Kitchens pulled a cowardly move and didn't kick a 40-yard field goal and punted. <laughs> that, I, mean, I think it's important to know. That's really that's. I mean, at this point, if you, if you do that in the NFL, you should just be fired on the spot. Yeah, come on, you got to kick a forty-two yarder. Exactly, you know, do it for the fans out there supporting you, who probably bet the second half line as well. <laughs> and I think that's important to note because that's why Miles was playing so hard. He said, "You know what? I know my Browns fans, and they doubled down and bet the second half line. I got to get this ball." Yeah, so I mean, if you're a Browns fan. And maybe you had some season uh, wagers not looking great, some early games not looking great. You're looking to make hay uh, while while things are going your way. You see a great opportunity. They're up fourteen nothing, but it feels like they got the foot on the gas. And uh, why not just go for the second half line? So you you think that possibly Miles Garrett was jacked up trying to uh, close things out, maybe get a strip sack uh, like in that 49ers game, a fumble ruski for a defensive touchdown he, to help the second half. He cover. does seem to be a very thoughtful man. So mm-hmm. I do like this angle. He's a big time Cleveland guy. Matt's going deep. He, I like he it. knows that Excellent. Matt and the rest of the dog pound wait, they double dip. They're feeling good. They're winning the game. Everyone's on that second half. So he was just trying to do his part. Love it. Yeah. So Matt, you watch exactly. the, you watch the play go down. Uh, I mean, are the fans going nuts? Are they booing Mason Rudolph? Are they, are there any fights in the stands going, uh, going on? What, what kind of happens there live? Yes. Yeah, so at this point, you know, we're getting a win at home, which doesn't really ever happen. <laughs> so we already got people hugging, kissing, acting like it's the greatest day of their lives. <laughs> and it's Pittsburgh who this is a team that Ben Roethlisberger has more wins in first energy stadium than any Browns quarterback. So the fact that we're beating them yeah. at home is, you know, the greatest thing we can have right now. And so next thing we know, there's a, there's a fight breaking out. People start cheering like crazy. I'm actually on the other side of the stadium, but I've got friends who are down on the end zone area who said they tried rushing in, which I think would have been really incredible. <laughs> it could have been. Oh man. That had fans on the field fighting the Steelers as well. Oh man. That would have been so great. Instead of, you know, instead of like a uh, pouncy, Kicking, uh, kicking Miles Garrett in the head. You have like Browns fans getting, you know, you know like Donnie from the tire shop hitting him over the uh, back of the head with a chair or something. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, exactly. And then, so from from my view, what happened was, you know, Miles was finished out to play hard for all those fans who wanted that second half line, and then next thing he knows, he's getting attacked and mm. kicked in the groin, which. Miles Garrett's a big man, all right. I'm pretty sure Mason got him. <laughs> big target area for then, uh, Mason Rudolph there. You know exactly. But so he sees a scrap that's about to go down, and he goes, "Well, you know what? Mason seems like an okay guy. He's not wearing his helmet. I better put it back on for him." <laughs> so he was. It was. It was a safety move by Miles Garrett to be like, "Oh, hey." I mean, it reminds me of Billy Madison, Again. where he's like, "I didn't break the rake." I was testing the rake's durability and the rake's made of wood. So I thought it would want to be with its family in the woods. He knew his people in Cleveland. He knew not only were they going to be on the second half line, so I got to get that ball, but he knew that they were going to take extreme offense from Mason Rudolph, kicking him in his giant dong Yeah, and wanted to make sure he had his armor back on. I like this. I like it. 
I because like there's plenty of space exactly. in football for that. No, there's no space you in know. football for trying to murder another human being. But if you're trying to put his armor <laughs> back on, I'm on, safety issue. I'm on board with this narrative, Sean. Yeah. All right. So here's my take on the whole thing. First off, oh, wait. <laughs> who's asking for your take? Uh, the listeners. Okay. Mason Rudolph. Again, he clearly instigated it by trying to rip off Miles Garrett's head. And uh, I come from a place where, hey, if you want to start shit, that's fine. But you can't. You can't be upset with the way it gets finished if you're the guy starting, right? But so one, one little nugget, I would say this: yeah. maybe don't attack someone who happens to be a teammate with Pouncy. Yeah, mm, we don't know what he gets into off the well, field, so I, let's walk I, away I, from that I did, situation. I did post photos of Pouncy, who is uh, always stands by his teammates, and you know <laughs> that by a guy who's the only guy who's been photographed with a free Hernandez hat and T-shirt. So he's a guy, very loyal teammate. Rest he's going to start, of course. Uh, you know, kicking uh, Miles Garrett in the head. Th- what really annoys me at all these takes were like, this was assault. This is assault. <laughs> Obviously, Miles Garrett crossed the line. You shouldn't be allowed to beat another player uh, with their helmet. That that's fair. He deserves to be suspended. But let's dial it back when we're <laughs> talking about him getting arrested, him facing charges. Sit the kid down for the rest of the year. Opening day next year, he's back in the league. Now you can't just have these guys all jacked up off testosterone, put them in a <laughs> gladiator situation, and then things get out of hand a little bit. And go, oh wait, well you're trying to kill each other? Yeah, of course. That's what the whole game's about. It's insane. To, <laughs> it's insane where people are like that's assault with a deadly weapon. If I uh, if I hit someone with a football helmet, then I would go to jail. First off. No, it's not a deadly weapon. People aren't robbing liquor stores with a football <laughs> helmet. Like, give me the money, or I'm going to beat you to death with a helmet. Multiple people have gotten hit in the helmet by this has happened before at the high school level, at the college level. Richie Incognito, that guy, his brain was fine clearly after it, and <laughs> they don't die. You're not going to kill an NFL player by hitting him over the head with the helmet. It's going to hurt. It's not going to feel good. You shouldn't do it. And to compare it, yeah, if you punch someone, you can sometimes kill them. But if you punch someone on the football field, should you go to jail? Sean, no. We just learned. We deal with this in hockey all the time. We just learned that there is always a first for everything, right? Yeah. Up until a couple a week ago, no one had ever OD'd on marijuana. Yes. And then Dion Waiters (laughs) showed us that you can OD on marijuana. So perhaps this could have been the first head football helmet murder of all time. But I'm going back to this narrative that he was trying to just put that helmet back yeah. on. Cause he did, he did have the helmet oriented in a way where he was trying to slide it back on the head. Yeah, now, exactly. It wasn't a side blow to the temple. Sean, I personally believe on top of kicking him in the dong, he probably may, may have said something uh, slightly Super out inflammatory. of bounds. We'll like, leave it at that. Like maybe he, like it, it doesn't always fly to say, yeah, I have black friends just cause they're <laughs> on your team. You know? I'm going all in on Trump. Yeah, who knows what Mason Rudolph said there? Uh, he deserves some of the blame. And then again, Pouncey's trying to stop this guy to death. Again, it was a defensive thing. But in if we're trying to compare it to the real world, if you start kicking someone in the head and trying to stop them, you would go to jail for that as well. Yep. Does Pouncey deserve to go to jail or face charges? No, of course not. When Buddy Ryan punched Kevin Gilbride in the side of the head on the sidelines, did no. he go to jail? No. Did he no. file charges? No. And if Mason Rudolph Files charges. I mean, dude, good luck. Good mm. luck. Good luck playing in the he league. He is the kind of guy that would do that. So, Matt, uh, how how is the situation in Cleveland? Are people upset that Garrett's suspended indefinitely? Are they optimistic about the Browns going six and zero and making a run? What's the uh, feeling in Believe Land right now? 
Yeah, so first two, uh, just to give you a little recap of what it was like post-fight. Oh, yeah. Um, that's pretty pretty, pretty proud of all the Browns fans because the stadium started cheering extremely loudly, which, you know, could be viewed as a bad thing after that type of fight. And as Miles left the tunnel, the stadium cheered him like he had just scored the game-winning drive. So <laughs> I think a- the Browns fans were behind him. Yeah. Um, and then going into the feeling now is I think most of Cleveland's pretty upset that the NFL broke their own rules because in the CBA, you cannot suspend someone indefinitely for on-field actions. Mm. So right now, we're looking forward to Wednesday and that appeal hearing to try to get the truth. And if anything, they owe him. I'm thinking a three-game suspension would be right. Put him the same level as Pouncey. Yeah. You know, and that's, or your that's other buddy, Kareem we- Hunt, you know? I mean, if, if Tyreek Hill is suiting up on, on tonight on Monday, then there's a, there's a place in the league for miles Garrett. I I mean, how, how can you see it any other way? Exactly. And just to let you know, that was old Kareem. He is a born again, Christian. Oh, okay. So this is new Kareem. (laughs) We can't, we can't hold him to his past actions. God has forgiven um, him. It's time. It's time to move on. Th- this is my favorite part, Sean. Everyone in Cle- just like everyone in New England became a physicist, talking about PSI. Everyone in Cleveland is going to be a bona fide lawyer <laughs> talking about the verbiage in the CBA. This yeah, is got, be- <laughs> that's a great point. They got the uh, you know ins and outs of the collective bargaining agreement. They're you know going to talk to uh, Troy Vincent over there in the league office. I, mean, I learned so I did not know that. Exactly. That's that's a great. No, point. that was a great little nugget. And that's the kind of stuff you would only know if you're a Cleveland Browns fan (laughs) set out to defend miles Garrett at all costs. All right, Matt, wait, wait, real quick. There are, there are free Garrett shirts already. I assume, right? Oh, hundred percent. They're all over the street. Nice. Okay. Cause I was going to say, if if not, we got to make them. (laughs) Yeah, they're, they're out there. And the last thing I think they are missing one big sign is that the Steelers organization sent Mason Rudolph back on the field with no concussion testing, a guy that pretty much we were afraid he wasn't going to be able to read five weeks ago or whenever that was when he got his clock cleaned and they had to take his face mask off and they just sent him right back out there for the next play. Where was the, where's the protocol? <laughs> the, the, I, I gotta be so honest. Great, this is a Ryan. well thought out defense. Uh, I, it's I, a baby fucking wheel, man. I'm really intrigued to see what the prosecution is going to bring to the table because well, Ryan, hopefully uh, Wednesday when the appeal goes down, justice will be served. Miles Garrett will be given a reasonable suspension and uh, Matt can enjoy seeing him out on the field again someday. All right, Matt, appreciate calling in. And uh, before we go Browns this week, laying 10 and a half against the Dolphins. Do they cover the spread? 100% and they might hit the over by themselves. Oh, wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Love it. Hammer, this is a- hammer the Browns. <laughs> hammer the Browns, much like Miles Garrett hammered Mason Rudolph <laughs> with his helmet. All right. Thanks for calling in, Matt. Take it easy. All right. Thanks, guys. Oh, yeah. Time to talk about the presenting sponsor of the podcast, mybookie.ag. MyBookie.ag has it all, man. Player props. Get on those uh, Kramer Monday night props. Get some sweet, sweet cash. And of course, just around the corner for Thanksgiving, they have a uh, all risk it free biscuit. They said no risk, all gravy, but I like my uh, little love phrase a little bit better. Basically, 
during the Bears Lions game. All you got to do choose a team against the spread for up to two hundred fifty dollars. If you win, congrats, you're cashing. If you lose, my bookie uh, will give you all your money back, and that's for past, present, and future my bookie players. No reason to have your Thanksgiving ruined. You got a free roll, a true free roll in the freest of sense to kick off that early Thanksgiving game. And a new cut co- if you're new. Head over to mybookie.ag. Use that promo code SGP and get a uh, deposit bonus up to one thousand dollars using the promo code SGP. Play, win, and get paid. Speaking of getting paid, joining us on the line, host of Inside Vegas on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network with a brand new feed. Check it out on iTunes. Make sure you rate, review, and share. Christian Pina, Pina, what's up, man? Man, Sean, I, I was waiting for this call all week. Uh, do do you have anything to say? What, <laughs> how do we need to talk about this Eagles situation? Congra- congratulations mm. on uh, winning a uh, winning a regular season game. Oh wow, Sean, don't go, <laughs> don't be that guy. No, I, I mean our defense played awesome. The uh, you know the offense looked like complete dog shit. No one could catch a ball. No one could get open. Uh, Carson Wentz struggled at times. But I mean, you know, he moved the ball down the field in the final drive, got it in Nelson Aguilar's hand. He's got to catch that ball. He's horrific at tracking balls. If you, if you watch the play live, you're like, oh, wow, that was kind of, was that a bad throw or did he drop it? Trust me, he dropped it because every time there's a ball in the air that Nelson Aguilar has to figure out where to go, <laughs> he just can't do it. I, it's insane. They're paying this guy $9 million. And, and that's not to absolve Wentz. Like, Wentz definitely. Uh, needs to complete some of those passes and be a little sharper, but uh, they are just, he's just getting, he's also getting no help when it comes to the game plan and the receivers, Alshon Jeffrey, not being out Jordan Howard, not being there that hurt them. But yeah, the Patriots came in, they played better. They, they won the game. I mean, if you're a Pats fan, you, I think you have to be a little bit worried about the, uh, about the offense, but I mean, the defense came up and uh, their defense has been playing great all year with the exception of that Baltimore game. So that's my uh, least biased take. I can give you Pina. What are your thoughts on the game? <laughs> I mean, man, you, you just NFL analyst <laughs> over there. That was very, uh, by a uh, bipartial, I guess it was down the middle, whatever that bipartisan for man. You, yeah. Shockingly yeah. <laughs> was not it. Cause he was much angrier last night as the game was happening. Well, it was, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, how would I not get angry? I'm an Eagles fan. They have a legit opportunity to beat the Pats at home and they just can't close things out. They were up 10, nothing. And then the Pats got 17 unanswered and they just couldn't respond with anything on the offensive side of the ball. It was super frustrating game. And, and you know, I'm not, I'm not using this as an excuse or a cop out, but there were a number of plays where they were just got the hands on the pick, but dropped it. That uh, Edelman rip out of the fumble was bang, bang play. I mean, I would have liked to see it reviewed at least. Uh, there's just a lot of like close calls that they could have gotten a turnover, but they didn't. So that's a big reason why they lost. They lost the turnover battle one to zero, which isn't a huge thing, but they, they definitely had opportunities to possibly you know, even get a interception with a return and just fucking wet the bet. So that's All my right. take. How, how about that? They're a very, they're a very average team right now. They <clears throat> I'm throwing my voice out yelling at these sacks of shit. Uh, they have six games left. They're certainly uh, a decent schedule. Their hardest game is probably Seattle at home, maybe Dallas at home, but then they, 
They have the Giants twice, very winnable. Redskins, very winnable, and Miami, very winnable. So they there's there's an opportunity to be had here. I don't know if they're going to step up or not. That's kind of up to them. But yeah, <laughs> fucking pissed off. <laughs> I, what do you want me to say? I I you know we uh, I was uh, on a three point stand at Wazoo, firing out. You know, what, uh, being up in Washington State, I was ready to put the pads on. I'm ready to leave it out on the field. I questioned some of the Eagles players on offense. I was very happy with how good the defense looked. I mean, some of that I think is Brady is just uh, you know not playing at a extremely high level, but um, yeah, I think the defensive secondary looks way better. And everyone thought I was a homer by saying I wouldn't play a lot of the uh, Patriots DFS guys because I think they figured out the secondary a little bit. Uh, now that they got Mills and Darby back. And I, I think that's somewhat true. We'll see when Seattle comes to town. Cause that's a much bigger test because of how good their offense is. But I, I think they've figured things out a little bit on the defensive side. So that's one positive. Wow. All I had to do was laugh and you just continued <laughs> digging like further and I got further a lot. I got a lot about uh, what the team needs. We, we spent a little time with a, a, with a college head coach. And next thing you know, you're spitting coach speak <laughs> at the Philadelphia Eagles, Sean. Well, that's the irony is coach Leach doesn't like to talk football. Everything else is on the table, but we'll, uh, we'll save that for the college picks podcast. We're here to break down daily fantasy football, give out our DFS picks, talk about the Eagles losing to the Patriots. Well, I mean, you know, Penis starts out chirping. What if I, I, I gotta, I gotta respond. We lost. I'm not going to be whiny baby about it. They're fucking pile of trash. I almost took down the fat head. That's how I'd be more disappointed in my city that they didn't take out uh, Mr. Dave Portnoy from barstool. They just allowed him to leave the stadium <laughs> in one piece. Come on. It's a baby fucking wheel, man. I thought you guys were tough. Yeah, we are. I yeah, mean, some of the players aren't though. They gotta figure shit out. All right, Pina, let's let's move on. Who are you starting for quarterback this week? Why? How much you paying? Let's let's talk shop. Yeah, man. I mean, look, our, our boy over there, questionable with Winston. I think that's a pretty obvious route. I think you can also go Ryan if you want to pay up for it. But let's go off the beaten path here, man. And look, uh, is it gross? Is he been you know pretty much you know exactly what you're going to get from this guy? Yeah, but I think you can kind of throw the rule book and what past performance has been out the window when you play a team like the Cincinnati Bengals, and that is Mason Rudolph at 5,500. Mm. It's just too much value in my mind to to kind of pass up here. And if you're ever we're going to have a ceiling game, uh, it is against said Cincinnati Bengals, who I have said time and time again have no interest in playing football. Yeah, they hung around a little bit uh, this past week with uh, Oakland, uh, but in the end, uh, you know, absolutely not. Look, that was. Um, you know, maybe more of an indictment of Oakland just not playing, you know, getting up to to what they're supposed to. But I mean, Carr torching them for 292, uh, ran all over them. Um, I want a lot of exposure in this Pittsburgh game. And and as you'll see, I think you can do it very cheaply due to the injury injury situation there. Wow. So uh, while I I Pina, we almost had the same shit quarterback again. I learned last week <laughs> it, it sucks when you dig too deep into the pile of shit, because Ryan Finley. He, not only did he let down everyone named Ryan, he also let down myself and the Cincinnati Bengals. So I had to step my game up just a hair. And I went to a guy who's coming off back to back. Sean, you wouldn't believe this, but Sam Darnold. Hmm. He's coming off back to back 20 point games. Old uh, slinging Sammy. Hilariously, the Jets scored exactly 34 in both of them, and he had exactly <laughs> 19 completions on 30 attempts in both of them. Pretty impressive. 
four touchdowns in his last game. And now who do they have Sean? The aforementioned Oakland Raiders mm. who shut down Ryan Phil. I'm going back to that matchup. Cause even with the Raiders looking somewhat competent over the last two weeks against teams with dog shit, offensive lines, a lot of parallels here. I'm still confident. They know how to give up yards. I'm still confident. I'm actually a little confident. This jets team may have figured some of their offensive problems out. Sam no, Darnold. That's uh, yeah. I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll, I'll even dial it back a little bit more. Sam Darnold looks pretty good passing the ball right now. Hey, I was always kind of a Darnold guy over the others and but for 5,800. This is where, the, I mean, he's literally in that Mason Rudolph range where yeah, I, I thought about going Matt Ryan and then immediately smacked myself in the face. <laughs> uh, I thought about going Russell Wilson. Uh, there's some options out there, right? You, you, you always want to fade Philly in that secondary, even though Sean claims they've gotten better. They were just playing a shit Tom Brady last week. That's all. Oh, okay, wow. your hopes up. It's a baby fucking wheel, man. I don't know if you saw this, Sean, but my bookie has a Tom Brady prop up. A couple of Tom Brady props. Oh, really? Uh, one of them, and I, I would love to ask Christian Pina this: Will Tom Brady throw a pass for another team? Yes, is plus one thousand. No, is minus five thousand. It's a pet man. I always think about this, right? Because he is the one player I can really think of that. Like Peyton Manning at the end, it was so weird to see in a different uniform. Eli Manning on the bench is weird. Like he's the one guy <laughs> that for, you know, hasn't seen, we haven't seen that weird thing yet. Right. And I think that with the, the one obvious one was always going to be San Francisco, you know, close to home, his idol, Montana, all that. But now you have Jimmy G there. It's not like he's going to go there and, and ride off into the sunset when you have your franchise quarterback for the next, you know, very many years in San Francisco. I think with that, being kind of correlated. I think San Francisco was the only other possible outcome ever, but we have seen Bill Belichick do, you know, that would be the craziest, uh, but we have seen everything and, and have come to expect the unexpected. What's the no minus 5,000. Yeah. I mean, I there's no value. What, what do you want me to do with that? Yeah. Well, listen, guy, I, <laughs> I would I, say no, though. throw this out and then we can move on. Um, John Gruden might need a quarterback. Heading with a team to a new city in Las we Vegas. We gotta get our shit going mentally. I don't know. If, I don't know. Yeah. If, I I think Gruden would want Brady. I don't know if Brady would uh, want to play for Gruden. Brady doesn't like Vegas. Not enough avocados. <laughs> so he wants to play. I think it's what three more years. Is that uh, yeah? Three, that's three more so years that. would take him through the twenty twenty two season. I believe. Right. How old would he be? Well, that uh, you can also bet on this, Sean. Plus, uh, plus two hundred on twenty twenty two being his last season. Mm. He would be what forty four. That's ridiculous. I think he he always said he wants to play till he's forty five. Well, so you have that we'll window. See. I mean, yeah, that's probably about right for let's us. It feels like his window could be closed. Let's hope he doesn't see Miles Garrett along the way. <laughs> All right, my quarterback. I also uh, went to the bargain bin. This guy's only fifty five hundred, but I love his matchup. He hasn't looked amazing. But he's looked pretty competent, and that is uh, Jeff Driscoll, fifty five hundred dollars. And sneakily, the guy was running a decent amount, eight carries for fifty one yards. That's a nice little uh, boost there. Twenty seven point five fantasy points last game against the Cowboys, and now you're going up against the Redskins. He's actually been averaging twenty three point three fantasy points per game, which is pretty good. You're going up against this Washington secondary, which looks. Uh, you know, just the Washington defense in general has a lot of holes. They looked bad last week. I think it's safe to say, right? Four 
games in a row without scoring a touchdown on the offensive side of the ball. That puts a tremendous amount of pressure on your defense. And uh, I think Driscoll, he's ready to he's ready to rock and roll. Our buddy, uh, friend of the program, Pentandy, nicknamed him Driscoll the Pistol. I don't know if it's going to catch on, but fifty five hundred dollars. Lock me up some Jeff Driscoll. Real quick, uh, Sean, before we move on, you're not going to spend an extra hundred dollars for Carson Wentz. Wow, how the mighty have fallen, <laughs> Sean. How the mighty have fa- You don't have to say another word. I know how you feel about the Eagles. He's not he's not running the ball for 8 carries and 50 yards. Then maybe I would do it. All right, who's your who's your running back, Pina? Yeah, man. The theme of this lineup is fading really bad teams as it, as it comes to work out this week. Uh, not necessarily the Escalade, man, but how about a guy that's, you know, a pretty heavy favorite going up against what I would call the second worst team in the league and he's at home and that's Nick Chubb. Pretty obvious kind of um, you know thought process on this as mop up duty, all that type of stuff. And as you'll see with the second running back, gonna get a little bit creative with this. Uh, but look, Chubb has been you know as advertised uh, you know in this offense with this team, man, really has. And he's been a little bit touchdown dependent. The receptions is obviously going down with Hunt there, uh, but you're looking at pretty safe double digit floor here. And at 8100 um, against this Miami team, where they should uh, again, it's Cleveland. Anything is possible. Uh, but in theory, man, a really nice game script for him and a guy averaging just about just a hair under 20 fantasy points per game. 8100, Nick Chubb. I think he might be an Escalade this week. He's at least he he might be the cutoff. Yeah, what do you have to be to actually qualify for the Escalade round? Uh, I don't know. Bar- it's probably I guess Zeke, Zeke and, and Barkley are, are a little cheap uh, this week due to the defensive matchups. Sean, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go back to a guy we thought might be an Escalade, uh, but then it turned out his team sucks, uh, and his coach doesn't know how to use him. And then his coach benched the starter, Andy Dalton. He brought in a, a guy named Ryan, who's a piece of shit, not like most Ryans. Uh, and he's had to lean back on this guy, Joe Mixon. Sean, yeah. would you believe in the past two weeks, Joe Mixon fourth in touches? Hmm. Yeah, he seems like he's kind of. I mean, he was out for a little bit. It, it seems like he's found his mojo a little bit. I mean, again, another guy that you know he he took a swing off the field. Yeah. Didn't miss any games for it, but um, Miles <laughs> sure. Garrett indefinite suspension. Joe Mixon is fifty nine hundred. Yes, it's a tough matchup against the Steelers, but again, volume, volume, volume. I think Joe Mixon uh, can. T- he got a touchdown last week. He had thirty cower- carries the week before that. He's been getting involved. I'm gonna pl- I'm gonna roll with it, and I also uh, maybe Cincinnati sticks around against Pittsburgh. This is a big mm. game for them. Yeah, uh, I could. I actually could kind of see that. I. I uh, yeah, I, I don't know about that Mason Rudolph. Uh, I'm a little more skeptical on that side, but I also went to the Cleveland backfield. But I went with uh, Kareem Hunt for fifty six hundred dollars. Yep. I just like how many targets this guy's been getting. I, I like that they're involving him in the past game again. Eight targets, six catches. He only he had six attempts for twelve yards rushing the ball. That feel like uh, that feels like that's due to go up. But I love the the, the pass catching. I mean, if they're gonna get eight nine targets out of Kareem Hunt. And he's only fifty six hundred dollars. I think the Miami defense is really down, and uh, Cleveland coming off the Thursday rest is a is a good spot for. I mean, I I like the Chubb play as well, but I think there's still value at Kareem Hunt for fifty six hundred. Pina, who's your second running back? 
as I said, guys, I don't normally ever do this outside of maybe some Patriot situation. Sean, you stole my thunder, man. Love Kareem Hunt at 5,600, and I'm doing it. I'm pairing him with Chubb rather than going with, with a Mayfield uh, Landry stack or, or Beckham or something like that. And you're getting, look, man, this target share is kind of getting insane. Eight and nine from a running back at 5,600. Uh, this is, you know, number one, it protects me in the case of, you know, Chubb going out with an injury. It would all fall to Hunt, and I'm going to get all the reception totals of Hunt with the yardage on the ground of Chubb gives me all the rushing exposure uh, for touchdowns, which as we know against that Miami defense should come somewhat easily. Again, disclaimer, this is Cleveland, so we'll figure it out as we go, man. But you're talking about, I mean, what, uh, 34-ish, uh, you know, in terms of average uh, by their fantasy points for this backfield in a, you know, probably one of, if not the best matchup on the board aside from that Cincinnati team. Um, like you touched on it all, man, Kareem Hunt at 5,600. And I will say this for anyone out there, you need to start playing some Kareem, pro, uh, Kareem Hunt pro Props in that prop market of receptions, uh, receiving yards over, because that's how they're using him. And, and he's kind of been in that David Johnson uh, mold where you're looking at like, you know, I mean, he was starting out two and a half to, uh, I believe last week was four. Um, and you're getting that pretty easily on him. So as another aside, but Hunt 56. It like, does see, it does seem to take bookmakers a while to get, like even with Le'Veon Bell, they, they were, they, it's just like, they won't go past that four and a half, five and a half threshold. And sometimes it's just like taking candy from a baby. Sean, I'm not. I'm not doing the Escalades this week. No I, Escalades. I need, I need They're in the shop. And this is just a, a value problem. Uh, Darius Geis is back. Darius Geis looks pretty good. And Darius Geis plays with, for a team with a quarterback that's not ready to play quarterback in the National Football League. Were you going to play something there, Sean? I was giving you the opportunity. He's only forty-seven hundred. What did What did you look for me to play? Oh, I don't know. Looked you looked like you were about to play a, a, something off the soundboard, so I didn't want to get in the way. <laughs> Coming off a seven seven carry, twenty-four yard game, two targets, one catch for forty-five yards and a touchdown. I get that skewed his points. He was never going to be heavily involved in game one, but look, they're going to need it, and they have a pretty good matchup against the Detroit team. That is not doing. They're not the most proficient team stopping the running back. Zeke just had a big day. Yeah, I, I really like Darius Geis here. For those who who maybe have forgotten who Darius Geis is, go watch his highlight reel of the preseason before he hurt his knee originally. Dude looks legit. I love the price point here, forty seven hundred. I did pull out an Escalade, and mm -hmm. I think he, I think he I think he qualifies for Escalade status this week. Alvin Kamara at home, oh, eighty two hundred dollars. Played him last week. I like him again this week against the Carolina Panthers. I mean, Jesus Christ, I was so wrong about the Panthers. I, I thought they would show up at home. The Falcons, Falcons just came in and just kicked the shit out of them. That was really bad. Uh, their defense looks to be just horrible, and they're at home now. They go uh, to New Orleans. That kind of uh, rebounded in Tampa Bay. I think they're going to be juiced up again. And even though the Saints put up thirty-one points. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? Just gut instincts. It, it seemed like Drew Brees is still struggling with some he, throws. He does not look good. He doesn't look good. And why not? Why not have a guy in the lineup, Alvin Kamara, ten catches, ten on ten targets. That's insanely efficient. He's cheap too. I mean, if, if you think about, it, like, say last season, he would probably be a thousand dollars more. Yeah, and he's coming off a game, no touchdowns. Great uh, regress to the mean spot here for Kamara. I think he gets a score and I think he has a big game at home in the dump. Give me Alvin Kamara, $8,200. Pina, who is your first receiver? 
I do like that. And putting in Rudolph and Hunt, let's do it, guys. Julio Jones against mm. this Tampa secondary. I mean, he should probably be um, a lot more than than eight thousand. Um, I mean, Michael Thomas, yeah, great. Um, you know, kind of being unprecedented. But I would. I mean, Julio is in the spot of all spots. I think you can't go back to that well with Ridley if you really wanted to. Uh, but they, you know, when you you compare this out, man, the type of teams that uh, the that Tampa is, uh, you know, comparable to uh, this this could be uh, the absolute monster game from Julio. Um, look, it's Tampa. We've been doing this in some form or fashion all year. Julio Jones, eight thousand at home. I was trying to find a way to fit uh, Julio, Evans, Godwin, and Ridley into a lineup. <laughs> Just I feel like there's going to be some fireworks in this one. Yeah, uh, I I was going to save it for the flex spot. Uh, Dick Olson would have been upset, but you got to play Julio Long. Jones this week. Cox, chalky as all hell. You know, um, 14 games he's played against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in his career. 10.6 targets, 7.3 receptions, 121 yards. And basically he's averaging a touchdown a game. So to penis point, I, I think he probably should be the highest, uh, highest valued receiver this week. And he, he falls what 1300 short of where Michael Thomas is, which feels yeah. Feels I a also, bit off. I also got Julio Jones, okay. $8,000. That feels like a steal. Does. It feels like I'm robbing at $8,000 in the dome against this Tampa Bay defense, uh, Tampa Bay has got to be deflated. I, I think they're going to, it's going to be tough for them to get up for this game. Atlanta on the mean, on the other side, back to back division wins. It feels like they're the team that's going to kind of be frisky in the second half. And maybe granted, they're not going to make the playoffs, but play, play hard, seem to rally around Quinn and uh, Julio Jones. He was one of the vocal guys that said like, Hey, Q isn't the problem. We got to take care of business. Yeah. And they certainly have. I, I didn't see this coming. I didn't see back to back uh awesome performances by the Falcons. So Hula Jones at eight thousand. I think that's a must start. Pino, who's your second receiver? Look, you talked about it. You foreshadowed it, Ryan. Of course, I'm going back to that other side, and we're going Mike Evans. So yeah, this will probably be a little bit uh, dependent on Winston. You can obviously pit, uh, pivot to some other great options on the board at that $7,300 price point. I want both sides of this shootout. I want the over. I want props. I want every part of it. It'll probably end 17-10 just because this looks so obvious. Uh, but look, <laughs> Evans at 7,300 should not be 700, less than Julio uh, in kind of the spot of all spots against this trash secondary. So Mike Evans, 7,300. Not only is it Mike Evans, it's Mike Evans coming off two relatively down games for him. And typically the last time he had two down games, Sean, he came back with a 17 target game followed by a 12 and a 16 target game. He's Winston's guy. And I think you're absolutely out of your mind. If you don't get two receivers in this matchup, I'm okay. If you want to go Godwin here, I think Godwin looked pretty damn good. Uh, with some of those runs last week, Godwin is a hundred dollars cheaper. There's a chance I can make a swap here. I just you got to go with one of these one of these uh, Tampa Bay receivers because Jameis Winston is throwing some interceptions and Atlanta for whatever reason they're playing defense now. But yeah, Mike Evans seventy three hundred. Yeah, it makes sense. I would. Uh, I don't think he's the injury report isn't out yet, but he did get popped in the arm. Just keep an eye on that. Well, I'll uh, go to Godwin. Then. I'm yeah. getting one of them. I uh for my stack, give me Kenny Galladay at the Redskins. And he's mm. coming off a very, very low game. Five targets, only one catch for 34 yards. 
I, I think Matt Patricia, he's no genius, but you got to look at the game plan and go, we got to get Kenny Galladay the ball. And I think he's going to get a shit ton of targets against this, just a very suspect Washington defense. And same reason I like Jeff Driscoll. I love me some Kenny Galladay. Love the matchup here. Uh, Detroit seems to be playing decently hard. I think they're going to get up to win a uh, conference game here. So yeah, give me Kenny Galladay at 6,600. Pina, who's your third receiver? Man, it's a weird thing to do, but when you look at this injury, uh, you know, situation in Pittsburgh, you're looking at Juju out, you're looking at um, the other guy out, I forget his name, but now who gets thrust into this uh, kind of one role, and that's James Washington uh, at a price point that is incredibly cheap at 5000 This is what we always talk about, kind of, you know, backups play with backups, not that Washington was kind of benched, but um, he's going to be thrust into this role with these injuries to this wide receiver core, and, and you're talking about a stack at, uh, what, 10-5 combined on Rudolph and Washington. Washington, that's, you know, should be the most prolific. Uh, I mean, it's a weird thing to say, but definitely the kind of you know, best quarterback on the field. And, and with, with green out, I mean, maybe you could argue Boyd, but probably at least the fastest receiver on the field at this point from Pittsburgh. Um, I want a part of fading the Cincinnati team. I'm doing it with the Rudolph and Washington stack at a very cheap price of 5,000 for Washington. Uh, Sean, again, I didn't go escalate this week because not only do I have bone two bona fide, what do we decide? We're going with Gulf streams, <laughs> two bona fide Gulf streams in, in, in the garage. I got to make room for a th- what I think is a third. And that's Mr. DJ Chark jr. As mm. his mom calls him. Listen, it's just targets. Again, we're back to this situation where this guy 12 targets, nine targets, but Ryan, that was Gardner Minshew, which by the way, gar- teaser alert out to the college episode, but <laughs> Gardner Minshew literally fucked every girl in Pullman <laughs> period. Like that, that dude, he, he, a lot of God love for Gardner Minshew, 21 targets in two games with Gardner Minshew. But then what happens when Nick Foles comes back? 15 targets, Long. two Cox. touchdowns, 33 points. Price was not adjusted enough. No, yeah, I think. Give me I Chark. I, everyone wants to say DD Westbrook, but it's clear that uh, baby Chark over there is the number one guy to go to in Jacksonville, and yeah, decent matchup for sure. Uh, you could talk me into a Foles uh, Chark stack. Okay, definitely. I went uh, for my third receiver, forty four hundred dollars mm. at home against the Denver Broncos. Give me Cole Beasley. That's right. Cole Beasley has kind of had a sneaky. Uh, hot and cold fantasy. He had three weeks there where he had a touchdown and uh past two games, no touchdown, but he has, you know, four for 74, four for 38. I, I think Chris Harris is going to be on uh, John Brown. And I think there is going to be some opportunity. Uh, you saw some of the other guys besides Diggs getting involved for the Vikings. I think there could be some similar opportunity for Cole Beasley. We know Josh Allen likes to run around and he seems to find a uh, Cole Beasley in some of the situations, Denver pass rush could have him moving around. I could see him getting some safety outlets some PPR. And uh, I think he gets a touchdown. I think he gets back to his uh, TD ways. Only $4,400 at home. Give me Cole Beasley. Pina, before we uh, talk about your uh, tight, tight end over there. <laughs> Sorry. I can't help it. Every time it's a lead pipe lock. Speaking of locks, you know who is the lock? The go to if you're thinking about starting your own sports book, and that is Ace Per Head. Ryan, we actually have a uh, friend of the program. Oh. 
who will remain remain nameless, but he uh, he's got his own little operation going, and he uses Ace per head. Mm. Big fan of it. Uh, you know, very reasonable prices. And of course, if you hop on now, if you go to aceperhead.com/sgp, they're offering up to six weeks free. You get discounts if you pay them uh, in cryptocurrency and Ace per head. They make it simple. You want a turnkey solution to starting your own sports book, starting your own business. Maybe you want to work for yourself uh, starting in 2020. Maybe you want to say, Hey, instead of being the bookie, I'm going to, uh, or sorry, instead of uh, getting beat by the bookie, you're going to be the bookie. And you can do that over at aceperhead.com. They got you set up with 24 seven customer support, mobile wagers, uh, in-game wagering, and some of the sharpest lines out there. Again, all you got to do is head over to aceperhead.com. Bless you, SGP, aceperhead.com slash SGP. Pina, what are we doing? Tight end. Doesn't look like Arizona's yeah. uh, Arizona's on a buy, right? Mm-hmm. <coughs> Two touchdowns, by the way. Wait, <laughs> let's tout for a second because before he even stepped on the field last Monday night, I told you Ross Dwelly against the Cardinals. And what is Ross? What what is Ryan Real Money Kramer deliver to the clients? Two touchdowns. I Ooh. saw someone bet it plus eight hundred. That's oh, nice. Oh man, that's, that's a nice awesome. little wager there over at mybookie.ag. Yeah, get the uh, custom prop. Calculator. I apologize, Pina. No, you're fine, man. It's, it's it's the gift that keeps on giving. It's just on hiatus this week. But let's go to something that was opposite, man. There was a trend out there that I was taking advantage of for seemingly every you know two plus years, and that was that the Saints hadn't allowed more than forty receiving yards to a, a tight end. Uh, really forever. And this year, it whatever reason, I don't know what changed in their game plan, it has been the exact opposite, man. And they are giving up touchdowns. They are giving up everything. I mean, Cameron Brake, it's 10 for 73 against you. Um, I mean, you, and you're talking about guys like named Scotty Miller that are that are lighting you up. This is, this, this Saints defense is broken. I think we know that. It's not uh, where it was close to last year, but that's the one thing that is really, really flipped on its head where they went from being basically the elite of the elite. And now they're, you know, bottom of the barrel. And, and, and I'm again, couldn't tell you why, but I'm going to keep riding it until it uh, doesn't come in, man. And that's Greg Olson at 4,100, a, pr- a nice little price decrease, mm. obviously due to, you know, not having the best of years, but, you know, in a matchup where, like I said, for whatever reason, they can't figure out, they've forgotten how to cover the tight end. Uh, he has really, um, you know, in a great spot situationally here uh, for, you know, the the security blanket. It should be all McCaffrey. It should be all Olsen in that back end. So, you know, a nice seam down the middle is, is very, very likely here for a touchdown. And at 4,100, I couldn't pass it up. So Greg Olson, 4,100. Arizona is of course on by Tampa is now in the number two spot, giving up points to the tight end. So if you want to get sneaky yeah. and you don't want to drop Julio in your lineup, or maybe you want to go Julio and Luke Stocker, or Julio and there's another kid. Uh, I think you're getting too cute there because neither of them did much last week. But when you just go a little bit further down the list, because Arizona and Tampa are like Arizona's averaging giving up 21.4 DraftKings points per game against the tight end. That's insane. Yeah, Tampa 18.4. They that, haven't even played great tight ends. It's like again, dwelling. Tampa. 18.4. That's pretty impressive too. But right down that list after green Bay and Dallas at 15.2 and 15.1 respectively, the Oakland Raiders, where do I go? 
Well, we I'm stacking. Get our shit going mentally. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to stack a guy who Darnold has taken a liking hmm. to, coming off a game with five targets and a touchdown, 109 yards. He had eight targets a couple weeks back. Love the matchup. I'm going Ryan Griffin again. I'm going back to the Ryan. Well, hopefully this one does not disappoint me. <laughs> Better than Ryan Finley. Forty-two hundred Ryan Griffin. All right. I know I was uh, bashing my birds, but I can I do it out of a place of love. Give me Zach Ertz at oh. six thousand dollars at home. He's he's the most reliable option in the Seagulls offense. Eleven targets, nine catches, and Seattle not amazing against the tight end. They've you saw. I mean, how well Tampa Bay moved the ball, but. I think they're what eighth in fantasy points allowed to the tight end. The Eagles are at home, back against the wall game. Uh, certainly for them, you know, Carson Wentz has looked uncomfortable at times. He's going to go with the guy he's most comfortable, and the only pass catcher he really has chemistry with right now is is Goddard to a certain degree and Zach Ertz. And Zach Ertz is m- way more expensive at six thousand, but I think you're almost guaranteeing double digit targets. So give me Zach Ertz six thousand dollars. Pina, what are you doing for your flex spot? The rare double tight ends, man. I did it. And, you know, a little bit cash strapped as I went kind of big on Chubb, Julio, uh, and Evans here, but I don't hate it in this matchup. Let's talk about Tyler Eifert. For so long, you did what? He went three for 30 in a touchdown. Um, look, you know, Kramer's boy over there, Ryan Finley, has uh, taken a liking to him, man. He's getting more targets, more volume, four, four, nine, to, um, you know, since since kind of coming in there um, and, you know, off a game where he did not have a touchdown, still had four targets, only 21 yards. But if you, you know, bump that up to six, you're getting double digits, which is just what he did against Baltimore. So look, is the ceiling high for a guy like Eifert? No, but all I'm looking for is his classic. Maybe I get four for 40 in a touchdown and I'll take that at $3,100, allowing me to do so much more elsewhere. Uh, so Eifert at 3,100. Mm. Uh, I've been going after this Bills team from time to time and their, their inability to stop the run. And I think we've seen it before. Who do they have this week, Sean? They have a team that is going, they are going after the running game hard. They're going after the running game early. I will say I almost put Devonte Parker in the lineup at Cleveland because he, you know what? I'm sticking to this Devonte Parker trend. I was going to go Philip Lindsay. Oh, okay. Cause I like the matchup, but let's yeah. stick with Devonte Parker chain 10 targets the past two weeks. He's averaging like over eight over the past four. And everyone's going to tell you, oh, well, the, the Cleveland pass defense, they're pretty good, right? That's when they had an all pro pass rusher <laughs> coming after him. Yeah. I think it's pretty safe to say he's not playing this week, right? Well, he's going to appeal, but yeah. <laughs> Regardless, highly unlikely. He, well, he might they, play again this season. He's not going to play this week. There's, there is, I will say this, there is always that weird thing sometimes where they get the injunction. Okay. Well, and, here's what and I'll they say play, then. but I, I agree. I, I would be since, very surprised. Since we record so early in the week, I apologize to my clients. You're going to have to pay attention and be aware of how to play chess and not always check your checkers for a second because I'm going to go Devontae Parker. But if. If Garrett's out there and then they have this whole like win one for miles, like he didn't, yeah. he's not an uh, attempted murderer, then <laughs> I'm going to pivot to Philip, Philip Lindsay against this Buffalo team because he's only 5,200. And I found that a little bit low. I know Freeman's been getting involved and in getting the touchdowns, but Buffalo specifically just gave off a bunch of passing yards to Kalen Pelage. Like who? Yeah. So I know I just threw out two guys there. The official plays Devonte Parker because Miles will be down. The pass rush won't be there. And oh, by the way, Fitzmagic likes this guy. He's the only other NFL guy in his. T- I mean, I know <laughs> they signed Alan Hearns, but 
Yeah. John. Then that's all you got to stay tuned at gambling podcast, sports gambling podcast on Instagram. We'll post uh, any sort of updates to the DFS lineups as the injuries, the craziness of course throughout yeah. the week. I, uh, I, I didn't have a ton of cash kind of went big on some of these uh, receivers and running backs, but uh, in the old, the slot, how's the slot? I went double tight end as well. Give me Cameron Brait, $3,600. Maybe I'm chasing a little bit off that 14 target, uh, 10 reception game. But he didn't get a touchdown, and I, I do think there is whatever sort of connection between Jameis and Cameron Brait. I think is real, and again, he's coming off a huge catch game, so maybe regress a little bit. But I think there's a tight end, or a touchdown potential here, and I still think he's going to get a decent number of looks. Uh, Winston just really seems to like throwing to him, and at thirty six hundred dollars against Atlanta, uh, I think it's worth a risk. So yeah, give me Cameron Brait, thirty six hundred bucks. Being to close things out here. What are you doing on the defensive side of the field, man? As as we can go back and forth on this on this Philly New England thing, man. I think we can all agree that uh, to this week we are all Patriots, as my dear friend Robert Kraft mm-hmm. would say against these Dallas Cowboys. Look, Dak, I dare you to do I'll it. Go home and get your fucking shine you box. Do- Sorry. If you do it, man, uh, I'll tip my cap. Uh, but at this point, man, how do you go? This is—is is this the best defense in the league? Has to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, Dak Prescott is uh, in over his head here, and if he does it, God bless him. Uh, I don't see. I mean, you got Gilmore on Cooper. You're gonna obviously they're gonna game plan with with Collins and all these linebackers to stop or to stop Zeke uh, and make Dak beat you from the pocket while taking away his number one option. And if you remember how bad he was without Cooper, I think you're about to see that version of Dak Prescott, New England Patriots, all day long at home, thirty three hundred. I, I uh, not to get into the game breakdown, but I will be interested to see if New England's going to struggle against Dallas and their powerful offensive line and running game. Mm. Uh, even if they decide to say, "Hey, look what Lamar Jackson did." Maybe we run Dak. When we run Dakota, I know he practices those hip swivels before each game, but maybe we psych him out. And we run a we run a little uh, power power option. Uh, but I mean, no. At this point, New England's defense is very clearly the best best defense in the league. Yeah, and, and not priced uh, like it this week. And and you're at home. What'd you do, Kramer? Well, uh, two options, honestly. I had twenty five hundred dollars, mm. so I'm not working with a ton. Like, I'm not I'm not playing the Eagles against Danger Russ. That's just not smart. Denver popped up to me because now they're getting after the quarterback. I feel like their their floor is pretty high because of those sacks. I just worry that if that's the the wrong kind of defense, like this is the Josh Allen gets loose game. Maybe yeah. he's an interesting play for me. I'm fading Mason. I'm fading penis quarterback. What have you seen from this Pittsburgh <laughs> offense that makes the, I know the Bengals are trash. Yeah. But the two lowest priced defenses this week are going up against good matchups and Cincinnati's at home. So I'm going to go Bengals for 2100. I'm doing the running back defense stack, but I could even, you could talk me into Miami against Cleveland, Sean, like these matchups and these defenses. I don't understand. Like Mason Rudolph, like that defense has been playing really well yeah. and Mason Rudolph Pittsburgh is still been, finding ways. Yeah. Pittsburgh's defense has been keeping him in games and uh, yeah. I mean, anyway, the price is wrong. Rudolph just put up seven points on the road against Cleveland. Now granted Cleveland's defense is a lot better than Cincinnati, but I also took Cincinnati. I had exactly $2,100. So it was between oh, wow, really 
It was between the Bengals and the Dolphins defense mm. for me. Take the home defense. Yeah, take the home defense. Uh, I mean, Pina pointed out they've they've not been amazing. They they played decent though. I think uh, against the Raiders, maybe they get up for uh, this division game against Pittsburgh. And yeah, I mean, maybe uh, Mason Rudolph is, you know, still uh, in his. I mean, he, Mason Rudolph looked really bad. Um, he certainly could have a good game if they come in. They're coming off the well, Thursday rest. That I think that's a two concussions in a couple of weeks. We'll do that too, right? Yeah. Plus, it, uh, you know, a life a life altering near death experience. <laughs> Uh all right. Before we uh, close things out, what do we what do we think in waiver wire, guys? Pina, what do you, what do any uh, any guys jump out? Man, don't. I mean, what are we week eleven? I mean, waivers 12, are kind of baby. one of those things that I think. Yeah, I think they they don't they even kind of shut off. I mean, the the ones that I had kind of circled here. Um, obviously Marlon Mack departing with his injury. You have Jonathan Williams out there who is yep. not owned anywhere. Ryan touched on Sam Darnold. Uh, look, man. I mean. The jokes are the jokes with them, that is for sure. Uh, but you know, serviceable. Um, obviously, the kind of the maybe this is more of a name value play um, and when people see him. But Bo Scarborough, man, I, yeah, um, heavy workload. Um, you know, plotting back. I always say this. I, I wondered when, or I wonder still when we're going to see uh, Damian Williams from Alabama, who was drafted to New England on that side of stuff, and we haven't really like it's it's obviously been the Michelle show, um, and he's done great. But that kind of ace in the hole, maybe breaks that out randomly, you know, in playoffs. Um, you saw Harry on that same side of, of New England receivers and New England waiver wire picks up that could, you know, with the Dorset injury post touchdown after giving him out on this show last week, no big deal. Um, <laughs> could become a part of that offense and Randall Cobb coming back is, is really kind of the last one I had circled. Well, you know, when William, William's going to show up for like a four touchdown game against the chiefs in the playoffs, yeah. that's when he's going to show up. Just get yep. the fresh legs bang it out. Uh, peanut touched the Scarborough one's interesting because when we watched him at Alabama, we, we saw a guy where it's like, damn, that guy's big. He looked a lot like Derrick Henry. And in some cases, I feel like people thought he might be a better version of Derrick Henry in some regards, never really got it done. Now he has the opportunity looked, looked pretty. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I'm going to give Patricia a little credit. Uh, I, when I, this season, when one of us decided to say, Hey, this Detroit team might be scrappy. <laughs> they might they might fuck around and accidentally win eight or nine games. Uh, I, I think this is that version of the team. So uh, kudos to them. I, I like the Scarborough angle. I, I think at this point, Gus Edwards. I know he's a backup, but he's one of these backups who not only is going to give you points, kind of like the, the the Latavius Murray role. He's going to give you a, a defined amount of points. But if for whatever, if Mark Ingram were to get hurt, Gus Edwards is a very very he's a season winner at this point. Yeah. What he put up last week? He put up a hundred yards in 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 backup duty. So I think Gus Edwards is the kind of guy you grab, and it's not only a serviceable guy, maybe even for next week with some guys on by, but it's also a guy that could could end up winning your league. And then I don't know. What's your take on Jay Ajayi? I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick him up. <laughs> bone, Mister Bone on Bone himself. No, I I I would not pick up Jay Ajayi. I mean, they like they like Boston Scott. Um, I don't think Jordan Howard's. Jordan Howard seems like he might be back, and then Miles Sanders. I, I don't. I'd be surprised if a guy gets a lot of work. All right, three more guys, real quick. Ryan Griffin. Yeah, I think I think Ryan Griffin's. A, it's an important one. Uh, he he's he's the starting quarterback or the starting tight end for the rest rest of the season, and I think he he looks he looks like a guy who's going to get some work done. Uh, 
Sean, you got everything sorted out there. Debo Samuel, uh, somehow he's only owned in a quarter of leagues. He looks legit. Second round pick out of San Francisco. Sorry, out of South Carolina in San Francisco. And the last one, for God's sake, pick up Devontae Parker. He's still only owned in like 42% of leagues. He's getting 10 targets every week. The team sucks. They're going to pass to him. Boom. Nailed it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Jeff Driscoll. A couple guys we hit on here. Uh, and, you know, I mean, you're not picking up Jeff Driscoll. I think if you if you got a guy on if you got Kyler Murray on by, it's not a bad play. <sighs> All right, thank you for participating in the Sports Gambling Podcast. Make sure you check out Inside Vegas on the all new feed and uh, just search that on iTunes and uh, check it out for sure. Or wherever you get podcasts, wherever Sean. great podcasts are downloaded, make sure you give uh, Pina a follow on Twitter at Christian Pina for the Sports Gambling Podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green, and he is Ryan. Uh, I would like to apologize to all the players in the big boy uh, for the state of Washington being a bunch of cock blockers and creating the situation where it would let me create a contest, but not sign up for it. That's why there were two big boys. That's why I was not in the big boy. I, it was, it was just, you know, we were on a college campus for the weekend. So I apologize. Kramer, let it ride. (laughs) 